listening to the oneofus.net podcast network they come from the bowels of hell guided by a master plan for complete domination of the earth has aroused such emotion that the management has been forced to state positively no refund Yes, it is the deliberations of doom. We are back again with the show that I think we initially promised was going to be our second show. <laughs> and, it, and it just got put off till now because we're talking about somebody who I think is really, for hardcore horror fans, considered to be maybe the, ma- the actual master of horror in some ways. Like, people throw that title around a lot. But if you had to ask me what director I would go is the master of horror, I would say Dario. You would say that over anyone else. Yep. Over Carpenter. Well, because Carpenter is like kind of does all sorts of stuff. Carpenter's handle is literally the master horror. After you see after you see Starman, (laughs) it's kind of hard to think of him as the master (laughs) of horror anymore. Whereas like Argento is pretty much that guy stays in his lane. He stays in his. He tried one film. He was like, I'm going to do this. And everyone went, no. And he went, okay, I'm going back to I think if you, add, <laughs> if you add like an asterisk to put Europe on their European horror master, yeah. for sure. Well, no question. No yeah. question. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know about all over, you know. Well, Iron okay, one. so we should probably contextualize. We're talking about Dario Argento. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought that was Also, funny. quickly, who we are. Uh, I'm I Rob. Who yeah, who I are am. you guys? Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm Russ. I'm Philip. Patience. <laughs> Sound off. I can't remember. Which summer's brother am I? You're Randy. Uh, Ra- uh, Ra- uh, Ra- I thought it was no, Ralph. 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 No, it was Rawhead. Ralph. Ralph. Rawhead Summers. I can't help it. I'm sorry oh, because God. I just love to see the Summers Brothers' faces. I know. I, I, I start it every time. I start it every time because I like a nightmare. So if you don't get that reference, hear the Clive Barker episode. We review Raw Head Rex and uh, understand what Chris Cox yeah. is doing. It's so worth to see the Summers Chris's Brothers' giant faces. Talking phallic symbol. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds uh, like Fat Albert yeah. for no reason. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. So, Dario Argento. Dario Argento. And I honestly, I've never seen, you know, the goose so excited for an episode before. We were going to do, like, we were going to do next month's episode, we were going to do, and then Phil was just like, no, I want to do Argento. And we, uh, it was inevitable that we would do Argento. He is a significant, iconic figure in in yeah. horror. He's just hard to get around. If you're going to talk about horror, Argento's going to come up. Yeah. Whether sure. you like him or you love him or you hate him. I mean, every other guy who people do attach the term master to horror to go, I owe so much to Dario Argento. They yeah. all do. And he, yeah. his... his not only just his influence, but his actual participation in horror is pretty significant. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there would not have been Romero's Dawn of the Dead if it wasn't for Dario Argento. I think also Carpenter's Halloween was significantly influenced by a, influenced. a lot of... But, yeah. I, mean, I mean, he literally financed Dawn of the Dead. Oh, well, sure. I didn't know <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's a big deal. Uh, my favorite thing, uh, Dario Argento, as an Italian horror director, he is one of the co-story credits on Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West. That was his big break. Ever. Yeah. yeah. And when you look at that film and the way Leone would do all those close-ups and lots of stuff with the eyes... You're like, oh. Yeah. I mean, it's Sergio <laughs> Leone, Bernardo Bertolucci, and Dario Argento came up with a story for yeah. Once Upon a Time in the West. Like, Which is doesn't get cooler an, than that in Italian cinema. I think Dario girl. just handled the kills. Right? <laughs> like, how does this cowboy die? I don't know. Yeah, I, I read his biography. <laughs> <laughs> now we have a 
Dario Argento accent. Yeah, that's me. No, that'll be coming up a lot. I don't I even think. know. It sounds like it sounds like a sh- like a Swedish chef. Yeah. I don't even think it's the chef Boyardee. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't even think you're on the continent of Italy. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm yeah. using my hands a lot. It, it works. <laughs> yeah, using the hands works a lot on the podcast format. It works format. great. It's I great. Feel, they feel it. They feel I feel it. like Argento talks about his daughter, Asia, the same way in some that Trump talks about his daughter, and everyone gets all creeped out around them. I, <laughs> They're I'm, like, I'm Ooh. Definitely so, done. So, We're yes. definitely going to talk about that later. If you, We're yes, if you don't know, uh, Asia Argento, uh, who is a you famous know, actress in her own, and director in her own right, yeah. is his daughter. Um, she was in... You probably know her best. American audiences as the love interest in Triple X. That's right. Yeah. And just, My just boy real quick, Diesel. Yeah. Little known fact is actually pronounced Asia. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah, well, I actually well, just picked yeah. that up watching a documentary. Is it yeah. Asia? Also, side note, she is now dating Anthony Bourdain. She is. Yeah, they're together. The it's kind of a cool couple. That's and she was forced. Cool. To I want to go to dinner with those guys. Right? And she was forced to leave Italy because she said, "Yes, Harvey Weinstein was sexually harassing the shit out of me," and everyone went, "How dare you she was talk one of the, shit about someone in the industry?" Yes, in Italy. her and Rose, Rose McGowan are the two yeah. first yeah. people to really come forward. Yeah, and so wow. she left because she was being harassed by people in Italy so hard about yeah. it that she was like, "Fuck this." And I I think she's in Germany now. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, let's so, talk about her dad. Which is where a certain ballet academy is. Yes. Yeah. Oh. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, what, a little we foreshadowing. So, I, think, I think we're going in chronological order. Yeah. So, so if you don't know who Dargento is, big Italian horror director. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. That. And by the way, there'll be a lot of spoilers in this episode. Oh. So. Yeah, we, don't, we don't talk about our films in the DOD in the sense of like, oh, well, no spoilers. We talk about them with full spoilers. So if there's something in here, you're like, oh, I'm going to skip ahead because I definitely plan on watching that one. Haven't yet. And you're a person who really wants to avoid spoilers. Well, now you know. And side note, this list was very hard to curate. We had a lot of debate. There was, Oof. of course, one or two, three major movies we're going to talk about. Excuse me, but we definitely went round and round on some of the um, like m- more minor Argento. And, and a shout out to our Facebook, you know, yeah. listeners yeah. who They're are like super like. Thank you so much for contributing to this list, and we're—I mean—they're like we're going to watch we these movies, right? I'm sorry if we didn't get to all of them. Certainly, like maybe we can revisit some of them. Yeah, I think may, I, I told Russ maybe we should have a sequel list and we'll Argento do like, Part Two. Yeah, well, we could do Inferno right. and he's Troma got and, his uh, his uh, new film is finally apparently going to come out. Oh wow! Yeah, like a, it was um, basically a guy who's a Hollywood writer who's relatively well known. I'm forgetting his name right now. Wrote a very this is for Argento script that was trying to bring it back to, like, this sort of Suspiria Inferno period of, like, supernatural horror and financed it. And they shot it, and it's just been sitting in the post-production for a while, but now they're saying it's coming out this year. Wow. Plus, we're getting a Suspiria remake. Yes. From the director of... Of Call Me By Your Name. Which, I mean, I'll admit that... Is it being made? It's done. It's coming out this year. Well, I mean, it's done with filming. It's still in post. We're going to get to Suspiria, but i got to say, without... Argento making it, I don't see the value in in anything about that. They, we'll I mean, we'll the actresses that. Okay. that they cast for yeah. that look but, solid. But it's something more to it that's more so like, it's, Suspiria is more of a, a feeling than it is. Yeah. We'll get into that. Okay. okay. Let's, start, let's, start. Well, let's, let's start off with the film that was Argento's directorial debut, which was, people forget... This was a massive hit, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage in Italy. It was so big, there was a theater that played it in Rome that played it for three years nonstop because audiences kept coming to see this fucking film. Uh, 
Now, giallo, as it were, the term which is based on the yellow covered crime novels, like very lurid crime novels of the type that, that w- had kind of already started as a film movement before this with Bava and I forget who else. There was another director who had done one film that was considered to be an early giallo. But this was kind of like the big shot across the bow of giallo being a very sellable, a very, a trend. And giallo means yellow. It does indeed because of the yellow covers of the l- said lurid novels. Um, it's also considered to be the first in three films he made in the row that fans call the Animal Trilogy, because the second one's called The Cat of Nine Tails, and the third one's called Four uh, Flies on Grey Velvet. Oh. Technically not an animal. Yeah, technically not an animal. Although almost every film of his has at least one scene that has an animal or animals doing something specific in it. Uh, that's the thing. Or being him. tortured. In fact, the only reason he didn't keep doing animal films is because everybody else in the industry who immediately after the success of this movie, all the other up and coming Giallo directors, of which there were many, started doing all their films with animals in the titles. And he, he openly said, this pisses me off. I'm not putting animals in my titles anymore. <laughs> so that was my thing. What is Burr with the Crystal Plumage about? Chris well, Cox. you tell us. You just watched it on the way here. <laughs> um, Burr with the Crystal Plumage is about a, uh, American ex- Patriot writer living in uh, Italy, and um, he uh, he's leaving um, back to America in the next day or two with his girlfriend, and he inadvertently stumbles across uh, a murder uh, in progress and is the sole witness. Um, and then he begins to suspect that he may or may not have seen something, and he can't be sure what that is. And uh, he starts to investigate the murder, um, and the uh, killer starts to uh, investigate him. So, does that sound like uh, yeah, what it's about? Perfect. Yeah, right. it's, it sounds like almost every movie Dario Argento made. <laughs> yeah, that's literally much. every movie. It's interesting how many of his tropes, and I think as a director, he has more, yes, we I do this in my movies, more than any other director I can think of who has specific things he does over and over again. This movie kind of launched all of those tropes. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the bird thing, the protagonist trying to remember a vital clue thing. Uh, 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 I believe there's a, a, there's a decapitation scene, right? Yes. Yes. The whispery, uh, dark suited killer. Yes. I mean, Who always says your name yeah. right before oh, kills the, the main, the main protagonist <laughs> being an artist is another um, big Let's not forget the helpless woman that literally can't do anything to defend and herself. Russ, Russ pointed out That's a lot like of his every movies. Every <laughs> no, but no. literally just fall down in a room and don't she even try. I know she's just like <laughs> there is that. through the door with scissors, yeah. and I'm gonna sit here hysterically crying while you do it. Yeah, she didn't make well, a horrible attempt to see fight what, him off though. No, let's <laughs> all set up a thing next Halloween where we make her think a killer's breaking into her house, and we'll watch what happens. Oh, kill you, I, don't know, <laughs> I would not play that. Game. Uh, that's not a good joke for me. This <laughs> is not gonna end well for you're, anybody. You're absolutely right. Uh, that's a terrible. Idea. So one more trope: the expatriate. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? always, yeah, is always that's a good I, which I suspect is part partially it's because I was thinking it yeah. seems more like almost a financial. Yeah. he wants yeah. actors that have more wider recognition, so he tends to get a lot of English speaking actors in here. Um, it, early on at this point, he I believe it was still in this movie's in Italian, right? Was this one yes, in Italian? One hundred percent. Okay, because it was like I think it was whatever's uh, Suspiria was the first movie he did that wasn't that was actually like the primary release was in, all in English. That's how they released it, even though every 
actor was speaking their own language, mm-hmm. which was not uncommon for a lot of his movies. Uh, they also did that in Planet of the Vampires. Yeah. He always said that, like, I just want the right actor. I mean, everybody knows the script. They know what the other guy's saying, so it doesn't matter that they're not speaking the same which, language because it's an Italian movie. Guess what? We're dubbing it Well, so the, big, so the big thing with Italian cinema, if you're not familiar with it, um, and I took, like, a whole class in college, but you... Nerd. I know. <laughs> I got an award too for my writing. So, oh, good um, dear yeah. Lord. Uh, I'm a big uh, Italian. So Italian cinema is a big deal, and uh, but the, one of the biggest things is sound. Is um, for uh, until probably almost recently, most Italian films are completely dubbed in post production. So when you're watching them, they have this somewhat stilted audio quality to the performances, and a lot of times, like if you watch the Clint Eastwood westerns. Um, people are speaking multiple languages, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're dubbed later in you know one single language. So you know there's there's that weird dubbing things mouths not moving with their words. Um, this one in particular, I think, is uh, you know is the same whatever. And I think also what's weird, Eastwood talked about on on Fistful of Dollars that you know on a real movie set when the actors talk, it is dead quiet. You you are getting trying to get clean audio. In an Italian movie, he was. He was doing, you know, there's Eastwood in his poncho, and there's some dude like 10 feet from him playing Frisbee. You know, they wait for him to do his take, so they just don't, wow. you know, because they did, the audio is... Je- Jessica Harper said the same thing on the set of Suspiria. She'd be trying to do her scene. Meanwhile, the carpenters are working on the set loudly in, in the other side. So. <laughs> there's a lot of loud stuff going on on the set of Suspiria, so, yeah. but we'll get to that. But if you, so if you, but if you, if you see these films, it is something to sort of be aware of if you're not familiar with Italian cinema, is... The audio quality has a very peculiar, somewhat surreal it, nature to it. And it, it kind of, it's weirdly adds to the movie. Yeah, and it's, it's a, very much part of the aesthetic and the experience. It, it is also very melodramatic. It almost feels like they're acting in radio plays sometimes. They're a little big. And this is a, like, a lot of people may have heard, and I think even Argento says inaccurately, calling him the Italian Hitchcock. But he's like, it was because of this movie. Because this was his most Hitchcockian movie, for sure. And he's like, yeah, obviously I was deeply influenced by Hitchcock. I was making this. I was developing my own style. This is based on a book that had already been adapted in America, in fact. Oh, it is? Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the Screaming something. I Mimi? Something. Or something yeah, something like that. Like that. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, no, it really is. Yeah. I like the Screaming Mimi. Oh, I didn't catch that yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Screaming Mimi, yeah. yeah. Um, I was making shit up. Nice so I was also in fact, interested in not going in fa- on forever. In fact, Bertolucci is the one who turned him on to it. He oh, gave right him the on. book. It was like, here, read this. It's really good. Uh, so your thoughts, patients who had never really, in a, in a shocking, I know. shocking twist, I know, it's patients, crazy. huge horror fan, loves gore, loves visual cinema, no experience with Argento. No experience funny, with Argento. And really kind of... We're sort of like, oh, we're all watching the Argento movie. Before, I know, I was dreading this. Before this whole thing, I was like, I feel like I'm forgetting something about one of our members, and I can't remember what it is. There's something in You were like an Argento. I just, you were like I, an Argento just, hero. There was an important oh, piece of information like Chris just couldn't figure I just, out. I, know. I just love thinking about patients in a room crying, watching these movies all by herself, a helpless woman. I was, Just I like know. Argento. While someone was like trying to break through the door with a pair of scissors. Um, so, your thoughts? Your, 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 I, I actually... Film. I um I actually rather liked um this. I I mean there's definitely some weird stuff going on that you just uh, by okay, so by the time when you start Argento, for those of you that are like me that hadn't seen Argento before for some stupid reason that I haven't quite thought of yet. I thought you were calling them stupid. I uh, know, for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just clarifying. Um, <laughs> 
If you haven't seen Argento, like the first movie you see, you're like, okay, this is weird. But by the time you finish like the last movie, you're like, oh, this is so Argento. <laughs> oh yeah, of course he's gonna have black gloves. What? You know, it's just um, the the only thing. <laughs> That there's a lot of like things that I could say about this movie that I'm just like okay so it's called the bird with the crystal plumage which comes at the very end of the movie she's very and, argento and, and, and like you that. see yeah. the bird with the crystal plumage for like two seconds yeah and that's what I mean it, it doesn't even matter like it's not well, even it doesn't really even have it, anything to do yes it does well I mean it does it's but not it, like the Maltese Falcon I, I get it. it's not a but it's just deal. like four flies. I was, I mean, <laughs> I was like, I want to see this goddamn bird already. Well, I mean, the bird ends up being a major, a major clue. Yeah. How yeah. right? But I think what she means is you're waiting for it to have a significance to the bad guy or and something. It's like, like it's a reason like, that they're crazy. Really, instead, yeah, it's, it's a, just a clue that leads to the other stuff. But otherwise, I mean, point. I think yeah. this was a great introduction to Argento because it really gives you an idea of like what he's going for, what the giallo, you know, subgenre is. I mean, you really get a nice feel for Argento as, as a director with this movie. It's 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 a great introduction. Uh, so you liked it? I I would yeah I would say I did. Was this the first one you watched? This is the I went Wait, in chronological went order. order. Oh, shit, went oh, yeah, I went in chronological order. So so did you think it was suspenseful? Did you think it was fun? Did you think it was slow? Did you what did you think? Well, I mean, Argento is slow. I mean, that's really? the thing about Argento it's is and, and one of my favorite movies. It, it, surprisingly enough, is probably one of his slowest ones. The thing about Argento that I immediately realized is, yeah, he's slow in between, but when he delivers, holy shit, like, it's like, boom, right in your face. So when you finished it, did you, were you like, all right, I get it. I see where these guys dig Argento. I did, yeah. Okay. I did. A Phil is, like, Phil. super Phil's excited. Just, he's champing out. Like, he's like, seriously... He down three volumes of, of notes. <laughs> I did, I did. I have fun with this It was, like, one. chapter it's, one. Yeah, it chapter one. one. <laughs> a young Italian boy from the village of... Um, the cool thing about him is he, he just, he's got this style to him, and it a lot of times really is style over substance, even when it comes to his casting. Perfect. He doesn't give a shit about what you sound like. It's what you look like under his light. And that's what he cares about most importantly. Um... Bird with the Crystal Plumage is probably, out of all these, his least horror. It's more crime and noir. Um, he really kind of develops his more uh, Giallo-style horror after this, even though this was kind of the, the setup for what Giallo was to become. Um, this was definitely the movie that launched uh, a subgenre of horror crime movies, and everyone was copying them, like we already kind of said. But this was very... It, it was classy. Like, there was no... Uh, Hardcore rock and roll going on, or goblin noise. It was like a classy score. Yeah, um, it's a Neil Morricone. Yeah. Neil Morricone, yeah. who he worked with on a number of occasions. They yeah. got in a lot of fights, though. Well, be, well, yeah. They did. Like, like Dario considers himself like a musical savant. Like Dario's very big into opera and music, and would literally be in every goblin music practice. Is- like a huge thing in his movies. Oh, one hundred percent. There's a lot of musicians. I mean, I would say. 50% of his movies, the main character is a musician. Yeah. You, you, you I mean, know, I mean, always an artist involved with music. But there's a lot degree. of musicians. But there's no question that, like, one yeah. of the biggest appeals of his most popular films is the score. Yeah. Right. We'll I, certainly talk I about that more. I can't wait until we talk about Goblin. Yeah. But, I mean, um, a Neil Morricone, I mean, this guy is one of the, like, probably, what, five best composers. Of all time. Yeah, it's I mean, a very... Me- like, John Williams, him, I mean... It's a very memorable score, and, in fact, it sold a lot of records. The oh, soundtrack I can only imagine, this as well, yeah. so... Yeah, and it was very interesting because I, I watched this interview where he was talking about 
how, you know, he knew Ennio and was through the Once Upon a Time in the West and Sergio Leone and all that stuff. And so he, he showed up with all these ideas, had all these vinyls under his arm. I was like, I want to play these samples of songs to get Ennio excited. And he was like, what the fuck is this? I am Ennio Morricone. Get that out of here. Let's talk about the movie. I don't need to hear anything. And that's kind of the start of probably their falling out because you have Dario with lots of musical ideas and you're hiring, you know, a musical genius with Oscars. Right. Um, does he have an Oscar? I'm sure he's got a. Uh, I'm sure he's got an armful, right? I'm looking it up. Yeah, we got to look it up. Finish well, you talk. finish your thing, and I'll IMDb anyway. the shit out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Something that's really cool about this one though is most of the blood is off screen, and most yes. of the kills are yeah. implied. Yeah. And, and that's not normal for for uh, an Argento movie. So this one kind of is yeah. the least Argento of Argento's movies. The first Oscar he won was for The Hateful Eight. He was nominated five times before that's and he like, got an honorary Academy. How did he not win for like Cinema Paradiso? Or, or The Untouchables. He wasn't even nominated oh, yeah. for Cinema yeah. Paradiso. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it was definitely a... This had a really tight plot and it made a lot of sense because it was based on yeah. the book where a lot of Argento movies do not have tight plots. Literally, they have plot points and moments and character motives. So you're like, that makes no sense. I'm going to forget about that one and just keep going with the movie. This one had a much tighter plot than he And that's does. why I think it's a great introduction to Argento. Because later on, when they get a little bit looser, yeah. then you can forgive him for that. Because, because you're you, like, you know you yeah. can trust him to, exactly. make a, to deliver exactly. the movie. Well, he yeah. became exactly. a full-on visual director. Yeah. After, like as as time went on, I don't know. He's pretty visual and, in this. And, no, he still I was is. Jealous as this shit is the of this beginning of it. This is the beginning of his style. We start seeing yeah. the stuff that he invented that everybody else copied. But I feel like of all his movies, this is the one that most where he actually was acting like he really cared about the plot. Yeah, you know? the, the, one of the biggest things with him, and you could see it starting in this one, was his use of subjective POV. Like I mean, of <laughs> of. of Never under, like, if a camera moved, he would play with you where you would think it's a killer coming, but maybe it's just a camera move. And maybe it's not. And so you never feel safe in his movies because any camera movement could be a killer coming for you. As well as his voyeuristic, oh, yeah. like, like sense of the way he does he yeah. use the yeah. camera, which is present in every movie he ever made. And, you know? and, and, I'll say, and one last little note on this one. It's just, it's cool because Argento's definitely got, a, got an ego. Like, he's been told he's the great one. Like, yeah. you know, he's got a big ego. And he never likes to admit, like, what his influences are. And he kind of beats around the bush. And this one, he's kind of like, oh, maybe Bava. But Bava's is more erotic than mine. And, I've and like, maybe a little Hitchcock. It's like, dude, you had a lot of influences, but you made it your own props. But he right. definitely has a little bit of an ego. And uh, But this whole thing launched a uh, subgenre. So it's a very cool movie. You should check it out. And he, he, pass the mic. He's famous for being actually very sweet to people around him. Mm -hmm. But he does not take criticism well. No, apparently. like like when people were like, you know what, you should have, and he's like, you know what, fuck off. He, he seems like probably a kind of intense. <laughs> no, you, uh, fuck off, uh -huh. <laughs> fuck off. Okay. Yeah. Or, or as Phil would do it, more Swedish. <laughs> Don't you fuck <laughs> off? Like, like a meatball. Like a meatball. I'm famous for only being able to do Russian, by the way. So every accent goes that direction. I can only do Irish. Like he's so. a, I was, yeah, all right. Uh, Chris, did you want to talk about? Oh, I, I just I think this is a really beautiful looking film. I think that uh, the story is actually reasonably solid here. I think the moment when the killer is revealed is one of those like send chills down your spine by the actor's performance, who's like, "Whoa, you went full blown crazy eyed," and it really creeped me out. Oh yeah, uh, but we're really watching the birth of like somebody changing cinema in a big way with this movie. And I can understand if you've only seen some of the later stuff, if you come back to this the way I did, you're expecting something different. This is, like I said, this is Giallo. To be clear, Suspiria, Inferno, 
creepers or phenomena, not Giallo, strictly speaking. Giallo right? moments. And I think yeah. those are the movies people a lot of the time just think of when they think of Argento. This is is something else, but with those ticks yeah. in it. I think this is a really good movie that is only going to be hurt from watching if you're expecting something that's going to be like more like the stuff he was doing a little bit later on. But I, I, I did thoroughly enjoy this. Um, it's one of those, I can't believe it's his first movie. You know, yeah. When you watch Four Flies of Grey Velvet, I was like, "Is this not his first movie? <laughs> <laughs> this feels more oh, like his first movie." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Russ, uh, yeah, look, super happy to revisit this film, and uh, and really excited that uh, it held up as well. In fact, it was probably even better than it, I remembered it being. Um, there, you know, the 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 one of the things I want to comment on because we we keep talking about his visual sense, but. Uh, obviously the camera work and the lighting, but the production design that, that Dario Argento has for his films, the, where, where he puts the actors in, in his movies. Every is, location. Yeah. And, and he, like just the, the fact that the, the, at the very beginning of the movie, that there's that giant bird claw, uh, sculpture that the girl is just dying in front of. And it's, it's gorgeous. And obviously, you know, it ties in with the rest of the movie, but I thought that was really great. And then at the end, the giant sculpture yeah. thing falls on top of it. It's such an inventive, amazing sequence that involves, uh, the production design. Um, which he comes back to again in Tenebrae with yeah. the idea of art killing. Every time. I mean, it's, it's, it's a running theme. And I, I think the other thing, uh, that, uh, it has kind of this, and I know it was, uh, it was early 70s, but it has kind of this 60s cool to yeah. it. Um, the, the whole feel of it. Um, as well, uh, let's see here. Oh, I just wanted to briefly mention my favorite line in the movie, which was, uh, when they're doing a, a lineup, uh, for the witness of the killers. <laughs> you guys know what I'm going to say. You guys know what I'm going to say. And he says, uh, yes, bring in the perverts. <laughs> oh, so great. And then they distinguish between the, the perverts and then the transvestites. Yeah, the trans- yeah. yeah. Really important. You belong in the tranny room, not the perverts. Of, Thank you for clarifying. A lot of, lot of terrible, troubling stuff with Argento. Yeah. And we'll We'll get to that later, yeah. too. I definitely want to talk about yeah. that. Um, and then one of my other <laughs> favorite things in the credits, which was, and I wrote this down, with Mario Adorf as guest star. <laughs> I don't really know what that means. Um, and then uh, there's a there's a really great uh, sequence in here where the main character is being uh, chased by someone through a... Uh, 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 a, a bus depot with all these different buses, oh, yeah, yeah. and it was so exciting and visual. And uh, the only thing I wanted to say about that was the guy that's chasing him. Look, if you're gonna assassinate someone, maybe don't wear a neon yellow jacket. I don't. It's just a. It's just a piece of advice. Um, and then uh, I just wanted to say uh, briefly. I know we were talking about. Um, uh, Phil was saying that there's so much style, and and I think. Um, Argento to me is, is sort of, he's sort of the epitome of this idea that, that style is substance and that the, the things that he's doing visually that, that people can say, well, he's just sort of worried almost about the aesthetics of his movie, but that, that's what's so exciting about the movie to watch. And I do think they tie in thematically and visually and story wise with his films. And that's why they're so exciting to watch as, as a cinema lover is you see the art of cinema sort of coming together when you watch Dario Argento movies. Um, this might be, and I, I think there are movies that I, I love more from Argento, but I, I do think this might be his most successful altogether. It all fits together and it's a, it's a really great film experience for, even for people who don't sort of love horror 
or Italian cinema or, you know, Argento movies, you could show them this movie and be like, it's a fun, like, thriller, horror, suspense movie. I I would argue that, like, I I don't think this is Argento's best film. I I agree. But I think this may be one of the best Giallo films, if not the best, for the traditional Giallo style. And 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 that's sort of what I'm saying is it's not my favorite uh, Dario Argento movie. It's definitely in the upper echelon, and it's it's one I always think of when I think of him. But it's not. I don't even know. Even though it has all these things we're talking about, it's not. He's not sort of his most Argento esque. No, it, um, but it, it has the most balance, I think, be- between style and substance, like and, you were mentioning and, and earlier. script. Yeah, it, it has. I mean, it, has, it's it definitely yeah. has the yeah. most yeah. balance. You, you know, something else like like he's got layers. He's like an artistic onion. Like, <laughs> Onions got layers. Like, like literally, like it's crazy. Homie's got layers. Dude's got layers. <laughs> like, just think about this. What drives Lady Crazy is a painting she sees where she relates to the killer and not the victim, and how that comes back later on in other movies, yeah. and how it relates to what happened to him as a child losing. Like, there's yeah. layers to his shit. Well, there's man. so much shit, dude. He yeah. is a he is he a term shit. paper waiting yeah. to happen. Yeah, For he sure. has a PhD degree. For sure. Uh, did you? No, I'm done. Go ahead. Uh, I'll, um, I I this is one of my top three uh, Argento movies. So I just I really love this one. I. I think Chris and I have talked about this movie like a billion times before he when we first met like in yeah. the last like in the last year and yeah. I was like, you haven't seen that one oh you gotta see that one you gotta see that and one and then I got sent it by Arrow and I was like hey I got to see yeah. it I was so stoked <laughs> I was like what do you think so um, this I, I think Russ is right I think this is uh, probably his, in some ways uh, maybe of all the movies it's certainly the ones we've watched his most conventional but in in a lot of ways very palatable. Um, accessible film, you know, it's it's tight, it, it's tightly plotted. Scenes make sense. His other movies are, get, get kind of abstract. They get a little um, arty. They get a little weird. They get a little dumb. They get a little argento. Yeah, <laughs> and, but this one is more like a more conventional. It's like a more, a more traditional film in a lot of ways, despite. Um, I think uh, his untraditional approach to it. Uh, one thing we didn't mention, I was surprised Phil didn't bring up, Vittorio Storaro shot this film. Vittorio Storaro is maybe the best cinematographer ever. I mean, he's if not, he's in the running. He's a three-time Oscar winner. He shot Apocalypse Now. Um, he the conformist, the conformist, yeah. like he is just a genius. And uh, you know, this is a film directed by Dario Argento, photographed by Vittorio Storaro, and scored by Neil Morricone. I mean, it doesn't get cooler than that. Um, uh, I think it's it's close to his most Hitchcockian film. Um, certainly, you can see the influence of Psycho, especially with like the ending, this sort of compressed ending when they explain. And this starts to come in a lot later. But Psycho has obviously had a huge effect on Argento and his cinema. Yeah, this one especially, and the way he structures his movies. right, and the way he structures it, where you sort of have this reveal of the killer, and then this sort of quick explanation of who they are and why they did what they did. From a psychoanalytic. Yeah, and it happens very fast. And, like, not even, like, in the third act, but in the third act of the third act. It happens very quickly and abruptly. Um, I mean, in this one, it's literally in the closing moments of the movie, a la Psycho. Yeah, as he's wrapping up. Um, And uh, I think... um, I, I, I do... I did want to mention just a, a shout out to a couple of the really amazing sequences, like you know him being trapped between the two glass panes as he sees the girl and he doesn't know if she's okay and he's trying to talk with her as the guy's trying to kill her. I mean, it, that alone is such a grabber. Uh, the, the chase through the streets, like you're talking about with the yellow jacketed assassin, the uh, I just 
the, the movie continually does that. There's an artist that he goes to visit who lives in this building with like a, only a ladder you can get in, and he may or may not be feeding him <laughs> who cats. Eats like, cats. It's, yes. and that character is a very Argento-esque character, this sort of gruff Italian with a, something kind of this kind Feral. of offbeat, weird, Feral. yeah, um, kind of you know scruffy and everything. I love that guy. Uh, you know, with the very Italian, like, oh, you are here. Why are you here? You are here to talk to me about my. No, 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 no. Yeah. Let Phil do it. No, don't let Phil do it. I did. <laughs> just, just real quick side note. Uh, I had a friend named Jeff Gulo. He's a big, he's an editor in Hollywood and stuff. And uh, he was a huge. That's my name drop right there. That's my film <laughs> that's name drop. Film and, uh, oh, he, he and I bonded over Argento. He's a huge Argento fan. And Argento came to LA and was showing. I think they showed a bunch of his movies, but they had showed Brother Crystal Plumage. And uh, he said Argento basically got drunk, and the only thing Argento wanted to talk about, he didn't want to talk about Suspiria. He didn't want to talk about any of his other big movies. He only wanted to say that Tony Musante, the lead in this film, was a complete asshole and he hated him. That was all he wanted to talk was about. Was it in Shit. the next movie when yeah. they tried to do the yeah, Q&A, he, he got drunk that's all and he, kept That's all he wanted to talk about. I did actually that's briefly so want to point out, I think Tony Musante may be one of the best leads in any of Argento's movies. Wow. He's very appealing. Um, he's a conventional lead. I think he gives a really traditionally good performance. Um, I really liked him. And yeah, I, I particularly wanted to point out, if, if you just watched the scene... With him and the guy in the house with the ladder, uh, his reaction to that guy as they're eating dinner. I just watched that side of the screen as that guy's talking to him and telling him all these different things and the way he reacts to him. Really, really great performance. I think he's, uh, yeah. I mean, I think like performances in his movies range from amazing to terrible, but I really like Mustante in this movie. Uh, yeah, I think this and Deep Red are his two best movies as far as actors' performances. Yeah. I, I, well, I, would, performances. I would make a... I would, I would have to say, yeah, male, because I would say Jessica Hall's, Harper and Suspiria is pretty great. Hall but. Syndrome. Okay, we'll come back to that. No. So, yeah. so we spent a million hours on this. What's next? Yeah, all right. So I do want to briefly just, I know it wasn't one of our ones, but Cab Nine Tales has to be mentioned. It was the second film of this trilogy. It's I've never seen it. Carl Malden, Carl Malden plays one of the lead characters uh, where it's like he's an ex-journalist because he's blind. He became blind. I only want to know what Carl Malden thought of it being in a Dario Argento right? movie. I'm like, what was he thinking of this guy? Uh, and he ends up teaming up with a, a you know a younger guy who's a journalist to solve a murder. The police are completely incompetent as they are, <laughs> and it has a lot of fun with like it. It does a lot more. Comedy. Are the police effectual in any Argento movie never, ever? Never. Okay, ever. But it's actually weird because it's got a few moments. Right? <laughs> they don't. It doesn't go well for them. <laughs> Count of Nine Tales experiments a lot with comedy, which is weird for Argento at this point in his career. There's a lot of super. Goofy I think he's stuff. playing with the. He's he's trying to figure out if he's going to make more. Accessible movies, or if he's going to go his own yeah. way, and it's it it like it. You can see how this is the follow up with Bird of the Crystal Plumage. There was an even more famous act American actor playing yeah. one of his leads here, uh, who's like has a weird relationship where he's got like a little girl who's his sidekick, you know, like Carl Malden. <laughs> so is it good? Yes, I liked it. I liked so, it a lot. So so between so Bird Cat. And uh, flies, flies. Which one would you? Where would you? Where, in, in that order of goodness. Oh wow, better yeah. than flies. I'm not oh. a fan of flies. Okay, so let's talk flies. Let's, let's talk, talk flies. flies. Four flies in gray velvet came out in 1972. Once again, having a lead character, uh, male protagonist who is a artist. In this case, a rock drummer. I mean, presuming you want to. 
called drummer I, and artist. I don't, I don't know. know if you Whoa! I have a lot of musician friends who like tell drummer jokes. Okay. Yeah. So how do you get like a drummer? Jazz. How do you get a drummer off your front porch? You pay him for the pizza. You know, I'm just. Or a horror movie podcaster. Sorry, sorry, Dave Lombardo. I'm sorry. All right, so go on. Um. Yeah, he is, you know, he's a, he's a cool kid, oh, and he starts noticing that uh, Michael Brandon, playing the lead role, that this guy, this weirder older guy, seems to be following him everywhere he goes, and he's like, well, fuck that, and so he follows the guy, and the guy's like, into an old abandoned theater, which we'll see a lot of in the future of Dario Argento yeah. films. And, Again, uh, another amazing location, yeah. stunning and, location. And the guy is like, um, like, what are you doing? I'm not following you, I'm not following you, and he, he pulls out a knife. He wrestles the knife away from him, and accidentally the guy gets stabbed and dies, and he's like, fuck, shit, and then looks up and sees somebody in a really weird, creepy-ass baby mask is taking pictures of him. Well, a great mask, by yeah, the way. Uh, really, the best yet. thing about this movie is that mask. Yeah, I, just I, sit I, flat I, an argument could be made. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he ends up realizing that he is being stalked by said person who took those pictures who's blackmailing him to just not do shit about the fact that this person is stalking this person, whoever the person in the baby mask is, stalking him and killing everyone around him, and as it pet. were. And his pet. Um, with a lot of, you know, it's an interesting theme because he's like, you can't go to the police. I'm actually shocked this is the only time Argento went to this well. With that as a, you can't go to the police, even though he immediately goes to the police. A, a lot, a lot, a lot of characters aren't that smart, though. Yeah. I've seen a lot, of, a lot of his movies, the character like, just go to the police. No, you're going to walk over there and hop on the phone and call your friend, huh? No. Okay. One of my favorite things here is that, is that uh, Bud Spencer is in this movie, who is from the Trinity movies. Uh, if you've never seen They is Call Me Godfrey? Trinity. Godfrey? Yeah. Yeah, if he's you, great. If you've never watched the They Call Me Trinity and they still call me Trinity, they're so good. It's him and Terrence Hill together. He's like, the moment you see it, you'd be like, dude, you'll never forget Bud Spencer. He's yeah. like one of those super iconic uh, actors. Yeah, single him out. I, I mean, jumping ahead on my on my thing, I just that guy is like probably my favorite thing in the movie. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. He basically walks away like every scene. He's, he's not in it enough. No, he's not. He should have been in almost everything. And it's weird because he sort of comes in, you think he's going to play a bigger part, and then he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, very true. He's kind of like, they introduce him, and then he doesn't appear again until the very end. The movie seems to really like him. Like, it seems to kind of come to life when he's in there. Well, he was a well-known actor at this point. Like, he was an iconic figure in Italy already. Yet another... Okay, go go on, so... Uh, So, he's... uh, he ends up hiring a, the the most flamboyantly gay private investigator ever. It's almost like a parody. Yeah. I, I love him though. Yeah, yeah, so he's great. That was yeah. one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Jean Pierre yeah. Mar- The supporting cast sort of saves the movie. Yeah, there are like that's the thing. The supporting cast appealing. is much more interesting than the actual main. Yeah, they're very colorful and as funny. well. And there's and, some really great camera shots. And he's the, and there's some good camera shots. There's a really nice thing that we revisit once again uh, with that idea of like like. What is why you know that that visual towards the end? They they pull out a thing that Argento does a lot with something that's not factual. In this case, it's they say the last images of someone before they die are recorded on their eyeball. So which Google, is Google is not invented yet. Give yeah. Darius some slack. That was the dumb. stupidest someone, thing I've ever heard yeah. of. Even for I the it was cool. yeah, I mean, I, I was down it. with it. No, but when I was a kid, I remember reading that as something that people said. That no, that's a thing. 
So yeah. it was one of those like pre, like you said, pre Google. It was like people were like, "Is that a thing?" I would buy I that. that maybe it was just a thing in the early seventies. Uh, well, I mean, this is like when the occultists ran rampant. But it ended up being like the way they used it was a cool part of the mystery. We were like, "Wait, what is that image?" See, Which I is four flies. Totally agree. I totally disagree with you because just like Bird with the Crystal Plumage, like four flies on gray velvet. I mean, it was just such a microscopic little part of the whole entire movie where you're just like, oh, this is a this is the whole this is the name of the movie. You think it would be bigger. And it's just like such an afterthought. And I think that Argento does that a lot. Like he'll make I a mean, big deal. I think about it's a cool something. affectation, but I see you're like, it should be more it significantly should be thematic. Kind of, yeah. I mean, well that's what you expect in modern cinema anyway. So I get it's older, but uh, otherwise this movie wasn't the worst one that I watched. No, but it's also the like Argentos. after Bird, it feels like a big letdown. It's not ways. as good as Bird, and so it was sort of like, oh, okay. So I had some problems with it. First of all, I think that Argento likes to like torture animals a little bit too much in his films because he keeps killing cats. He's got a lot he, of terrible I mean, shit in his movies. Let's, can we? And then the fat. The, the the good guy who leaves his girlfriend, well, like his girlfriend leaves him temporarily. His wife. His, wife. his wife leaves him, but not like it's only temporarily. And he literally sleeps with her cousin the same fucking night. Like, I was like, twenty seconds go by. But, but he is a musician. No. Yeah, I was about to say he is a drummer you know, like, he's a in drummer. the seventies. He's got long he's hair. Because he got to let it go. I mean, I, I, I'll say as well. Like one of my complaints is I feel like there's. It was it was almost <laughs> I had no question early on who the killer was. I was like, it's gotta it's, be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really? Like, uh, I, I, I like, had no idea no, who I, the I killer know, was. I didn't, either. I didn't either. See, I think it's I think totally actually obvious. that's a running thing that Argento's not gonna get a lot of credit for is his movies are generally considered plotless, but a lot of times I don't know who the killer is because it's so I, fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, and you know what either. else? There's tons of really good red herrings. I really didn't know who the fuck I was totally thought I totally knew who the killer was, and I was correct. Can, can I can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. At what point did you know who the killer was? Um, around the t- what, like around when the time the where yeah, <laughs> <laughs> around the time where she left him. When and, the credits yeah, said four flies on Grey Velvet, around the second out. fly, you figured it out. Actually, no, it, it was it was when the private investigator was like asking about the resemblance of him to to uh, wow. uh, her. That's not stuff. right away, though. I mean, that's it, fairly late. I mean, that's at least a half hour. I would say that's probably about three three quarters. All right. Yeah, wow. three quarters okay. of the movie. I mean, and I was like, oh, it's it's well. And then also, you know, Argento has a habit of making the women the twist. You know, so you kind of like are like, which which chick is it? Which okay. which girl is right. it going to be? But you have to at least admit, like half of his movies, the victim is a man. Like, I mean, you've got like. You know, the first one uh, was a bird. It's a male character who literally is being, like, tortured and chased after. And his supermodel girlfriend. Oh, well, I mean, you can call her supermodel. I wasn't that impressed. What? I thought the cousin was... Are we talking about Four Flies or are we talking about Bird? No, 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 he's talking about Bird. But one of the things I did not like about Four Flies, and I think this is also true with Cat of Nine, which I did not see, but I've heard rumors of, is I didn't like his attempt at humor. I thought it was... Terrible. It just it 
It devolved from the plot. It's it very did. broad. It's, it got it's super, really super, goofy. super cheesy. I mean, it's it's goofy in, in Cat of Nine Tales too when he tries to do humor in the way it is. Like it feels like you're going for a conventional '70s comedy. It's, it's style very slapsticky, but that's also out. very Italian humor. I, I understand like like that. Trinity and those kind of movies. Dumb. Like they doesn't, play it pretty broad. Doesn't work the with thing the thing with the postman. The, and, I mean, yeah, it just dumb. it just was dumb. And I was like, <laughs> almost, why almost, are you spending 20 minutes of my fucking life? I mean, I have. A lot of Argentos to watch right now. I would argue that Cat of Nine Tales, one of the reasons I did like it better, was because the humor felt a little more organic. I, and, I feel, and, and and here it's like the humor is always like uh, they're set pieces, you know, you're like, goof- that we keep goofy. coming back to. And I'm like, this is awkward and weird. And you know, Morcone, well, last time he did a soundtrack for him here because yeah. this is the movie they fell out on. Oh yeah, uh, it's interesting. They wanted to make this a big music movie. They were talking to the Beatles about playing the main characters in this film at it's, one point. And Deep Purple. And Deep Purple to do the soundtrack at one point here. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. This could have been an extremely different film than it ended up being. Um, In reading the trivia, there's always a bunch of... He always has some sort of big ideas about who's going to be in it, but they never seem to come to fruition. Like Tenebre, like Tenebre, and they're like, oh, it'll be Christopher Walken or... Or Pink Floyd. Vanessa Redgrave or Pink Floyd's going to... And then, like, it's it's never those people. So, yeah, that would have been interesting to sort of have him work with bigger... Phil? Yeah, I was gonna also like a lot of like the American and English actors did not trust the Italian system and how they would get paid and how they would be treated. Oh yeah, it was definitely a, it was like the wild wild west. It's pretty sketchy over I'm there. I mean, good luck getting paid. Yeah. Um, what yeah. did you think so, of the film? I, I liked it okay. The reason I put this on the list was we really kept it on there because you dug it so much. But it wasn't just that; it's the fact that no one's seen this movie. It disappeared totally. They it thought totally it was lost, which yeah. is crazy because yeah. it's like a third movie. They didn't yeah. find a print of this until like 2007. Yep, that's why it's on this list because we do you know movies that you haven't really watched before and. I'd never seen it or found a copy of it till recently, and it was like, you know... Which is it, weird. They did do a restoration not too long ago, I read. Right. There, yeah, there was... Uh, I can't remember. It was an Arrow. I can't remember who put it it's, out, but... Yeah, it's like Barbarian or something yeah. like that, yeah. But the cool thing is, like, with this one, I feel you get a sense for him creating shots. And whereas, like, you know, I feel like Burr with the Crystal Plumage... It was kind of like, you know, A, Slightly B, C, more conventionally. E, F, G. This one goes A to fucking Z. And it's like, whoa, what just happened there? He just went into bullet time for the first time ever in cinema. The guy literally yeah. shot a bullet flying with a camera, you know, overcranked. And as well as a, uh, the car crash sequence as well. As well as the car crash. Yeah, where he was the first time anybody had ever done that. I think uh, it's like a thousand frames a second. Oh, yeah. It's like a really, yeah. I mean, and you talk about the price of film back then? Like, that was a very expensive shot. Yeah. And so he was doing... And not things, exactly easy to do, technically. And to pull focus on that bullet and whatnot and things like that. I mean, like, to actually set it all up to, to get that shot was very difficult and to get the, enough light. Yeah. I mean, no one had shot that ever before. Like, how much light would you need? I mean, it was... It is. He, a, it is. He's pushing cinema. He was doing some interesting stuff here. He had some really creative camera work. Um, I love the private investigator. How literally he's zero for eighty four, and just by sheer odds, he's bound to solve one case. <laughs> like the guy just was a, a constant failure. It, 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 his comedy works for me in moments. Like in Tenebrae, I think it's got some great comedy. Um, this one had some moments that I found funny. Um, th- this movie, as far as a plot goes. It only works out by, like, pure convenience. Like, there's no way somebody could set up that he would follow somebody and do those things and be there with a camera to catch him. Like, it just conventionally doesn't make any sense, but you get to see some really cool uh, Argento shots in it, and it's, you know, a movie that not many people have seen, so it's worth, you know, checking out if you want to be a completist and know your shit. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, he just mic dropped right now. Wow, Jay he really did. did. <laughs> 
<laughs> Didn't uh, even do it in an Italian accent. I'm disappointed. <laughs> We're going to try and keep that to a minimum there. Yeah. Every time he doesn't finish an Italian accent, I'm going to do this. Uh, uh, you need to finish it. No, no. So all of our, if we have any Italian fans, I am so sorry for my horrible accent. I am all. I'm probably completely mispronouncing Dario Argento's name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead. Dario Argento. No, see, yeah, see, that's yeah, decent. Yeah. That wasn't oh, bad. Thanks. Ciao, Bella. Now do it in a Russian accent. <laughs> All right. Darn Enough no with the accents. Uh, okay. Moving along. Russell, um, what did you think of Four You know, I, I was very excited. This was probably one of the, the movies I was most excited to watch on the list because I hadn't seen it. I'd heard a lot about it. have to say, still one of the worst titles I've ever heard for a movie. It's not good. Uh, yeah. Um, it does not make you want to watch it. <laughs> Um, and I was really, you know, actually when it started, I was actually really digging it. I thought, um, in particular the, the setup, which comes pretty fast in the movie with, you know, the killer and, and him sort of being set up was, was really exciting. Um, the, the lead I thought was pretty good. You know, he's kind of groovy, you know, he's kind of a cool dude. Um, and the camera work was slick. It, it was, um, it, you know, it, it was a kind of a slick movie. Like he'd sort of gotten it down. Uh, technically, and I thought, you know, it was very painterly, it was very designed. Um, and so I, I sort of was really interested in the movie. It, it starts to fall apart. I don't think the pacing is particularly good. Um, the, the, the sort of thrills and murders and all that kind of stuff, they, they seem to be long stretches where they are not there. And, and so the movie starts to kind of slow down a little bit. And I, I don't know, it just had a bad pace to me. You, you can see that the movie just totally doesn't come together, um, as a film. Uh, Oh, I just wanted to briefly mention the uh, the private eye um, has a doorknob that is an eye. So I <laughs> yeah. guess that's kind of a thing you Points. have to get when you're Points. a private eye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, it was the actor's choice to play him as gay, not Argento's. He's the one who brought it to him and said, what if we played him as gay? And, and actually, wow. it's yeah. weird because there was something I, I sort of wrote down in my notes, which is, is this – a, a progressive or a regressive uh, sort of performance. It's a valid but, question. Yeah, and, I, and I, I, I think it's a little bit of both because I, I, I really liked that character. Yeah. Um, and and it, he was probably one of the more interesting parts of the movie. And it was almost like I kind of wish the movie was about this character. He kind of like, got the best death line ever. I finally got one right. And it was a neat, <laughs> and it was a neat payoff um, from a script standpoint. Like Not that you, you didn't you, see it coming. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I, I, I generally rooted for that character. Um, you know what? You remember that movie, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? Love that of movie. Of course. Oh, yeah. This movie with that formula would be genius to watch somebody go from a bed to sprinting around and choking somebody to going back to a bed. And acting <laughs> like, I would love to watch a movie. His movie's just from the killer perspective. Because there's a sequence where it. The, we realize the wife... Okay, so spoiler, if you don't know, because we're really going to spoil the ending. The wife is the killer, and and the, and then <laughs> there's a scene where he gets out of bed, goes downstairs, and the murder's down there in his mask and, like, everything or whatever, and, like, grabs him and, like, chokes him out, and he's like, I was going to try and help you. And then he goes back upstairs and says, whoa, the killer's in the house. And the wife's like, oh, my God, it's crazy. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? Like, oh, like, you're looking back, and you're like, you... So you like yeah, he the, got up and you were like the wife huh, should be like oh, that's crazy but that's why watching this movie from the killer's perspective would be a goal like was there a second stairwell upstairs where she like didn't she had a fire pole dude yeah exactly she like slid down she was like oh shit now's my chance like gets off the giant baby mask. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. No, this is, this is so great. I hadn't thought about it. 
any of Argento's movies for that. Oh, dude, um, like watch them all from the Rosie. Yeah, from the Rosie comes in the killer's perspective. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, just on that note. They they have this maid character that like lives with them, that like hangs out with them, that sort of realizes what's going on, and the maid gets killed. And the wife is very torn up about this, but she only refers to this person that has died as the maid. So she's like, oh, "The maid was killed. The maid has died. I'm very upset about the maid dying." I love the maid. Any it's like a Seinfeld. Yeah, it really was. That's what it was like. I never knew her name. What about the maid? Yeah. Um, <laughs> She's not really gone. Unless you find a way to remember. What's up with these maids? <laughs> you know what? I want to see a Dario Argento movie set in the Seinfeld universe. Uh, oh God. So there was like this maid, and I don't know. I can't do it. I can't uh, do it. It's so, good. You almost Kramered it. I, I, almost, I tried. Yeah, and Kramer turns out to be the killer, and really it's George. It would be a whole uh, third. Newman. It's it would be Newman. Of course it would be Newman. Uh, I just wanted to say, um, Newman shows up in the baby mask. <laughs> Newman. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you know what? Oh I can't okay. I can't even I'm done. Yeah, the great moment is he uh, stands over the protagonist and goes, ah ah ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, this is why you guys should watch this movie, because it's fun to talk about uh, now. Uh, it is uh, it's it, this uh, movie. If you're Phil. So so I was glad to watch this as well. Uh the copy we watched is utterly awful. Uh, uh, I hope hopefully um there's a better copy out there for you. And and I think it's, it's too bad because Argento is such a visualist and like Phil said, you're seeing him come into his own. You're seeing that he's starting to move away from the more conventional giallo um, and just cinema. He's starting to follow his own voice, starting to find his own thing where it's starting to be Argento. It's starting to be a little weirder. It's starting to be a little more abstract. It's starting to be uh, not as motivated by plot as about sequence. or, or um, And I think you're starting to see how this movie, I don't think it's completely successful. Um there are, Russ, you nailed it. There's pacing problems. This movie drags probably as much as any Argento movie. It just, and another thing I really, and again, the lead in this movie, I felt the opposite. He was incredibly unappealing. He's not particularly proactive. He's kind of grumpy. He's kind of cranky. He's kind of an asshole. Like, I was, I was kind of annoyed with yeah, him. You're like, his wife leaves for 20 seconds and he sleeps with her. Cousin. It wasn't just, it wasn't even ethics uh, or morals. Like, literally, like, it was, I mean, he's, No, it wasn't even ethics or morals. He was just annoying. Like, I was like, dude, you're, you're kind of a douchebag and like, you're kind of obnoxious and like, no, he's a really, yeah, he just, <laughs> every drummer I've ever met. Yeah, no, I, I mean, know a few. No, I, I guess, but I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. The drummers um, out there, there's got to be some good ones. Uh, I do. I there, the sequence with the maid ends in this uh, really amazing thing where she gets trapped in this corridor that keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, that it's fucking a great sequence, and I, I thought about Inception. I have no doubt Christopher Nolan has seen that sequence. Um, there's some great stuff like that. Like Phil said, uh, I, I did not figure out who the killer was. Um, maybe it's because I was, you know, I, the movie did not probably grip me as much as other stuff, but I really didn't know. And I, who the killer is, it's not so much who the killer is, is why the killer is killing is fucking bananas. Yeah. Um, you're starting to see him like do shit that makes zero fucking sense. Um, and not care. And it's so brutal. Like the reasoning behind it in the end, you're just like, yeah, you're, you're starting to see Argento's. Your, that's and your I, motive. I, and it is not a very interesting climax. It, it's sort of the killer is revealed, and then the killer leaves and gets in a weird in this car terrible, like, yeah, probably one of the worst accident. shots in Argento movie. She gets in this car, so drives away, and it's like terrible medium shot. And I'm like, what's happening? He, he's done that in a couple movies though, where the killer gets his coming up by like some weird happy yeah, thing like, you know, as they're fleeing, which um, we're going to talk about next. Which yeah, is, uh, I'm excited about uh, this. Is a this is a movie if if you if you do explore Argento, 
and and he appeals to you, I would put this at the upper echelon of more minor Argento in the sense that I think you will probably enjoy it if you like Argento. Yeah. I got something out of it. I, I it, did too, yeah. I, I As an Argento like, fan, I enjoyed right. the film. And, yeah, and I it's think the like, most obscure by far. I think it's a movie that you will respond to the more you know Argento. If you if this is like your second Argento yeah. movie, you're probably going to be like, eh. It was is- my second Argento movie right. and I was like, eh. Yeah, I would, I would have... This is definitely minor, and I, but I do think... I think it's interesting as a film geek and a film nerd to watch him starting to become who he's going to be. And I think that makes it interesting. It's like listening to the Unforgettable Fire before you listen to Joshua Trudeau. You're you seeing can, what's happening. Yeah, happened. you can definitely see him coming into his own yeah. in this movie. I, I mean, agree. it's dopey. Like, the stuff with the it's sister... Terrib- the, the, oh, the stuff with God. the cousin is... Bad. But anyways, what's next? I would have said Ritual of De La Habitual before, nothing shocking. But, you know, whatever. Fair, fair. Okay. Right, um, right. Uh, I would say in terms of tropes, we've got decapitation, once yeah. again. Back there uh, to that. Was uh, there a window head smash? Uh, there's, I don't oh, no, there's definitely an expatriate. There's definitely uh, a window head artist, smash. Artist as protagonist. And um, lots of eyeball close-ups. Yeah. This one, more than any other Argento movie, Except is obsessed for opera, with the super maybe. close-up yeah, of the And he has a lot of eyeball mutilation coming up, too. Yeah, there really is. Also, um, when the reveal is that the four flies on gray velvet are her necklace... The idea so that stupid. he kind of didn't notice that his wife had a fucking necklace with a fly in it, like that's right. not exactly what common. The, what is and that? I don't shit. know what version you guys watched, but they never mentioned gray velvet. Not one. No, time. they don't bring it up. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just four. It's just four flies. I think they probably want to call it four flies. It's a fly. It's, I don't even think it's like. Yeah, uh, it's just velvet. like, is that a fly necklace? Oh. All right. So what's next? Uh, I think gray velvet is like like a deep like a motherfucking old, red. It's an old guy velvet underground cover band. Profondo Rosso Deep Red which came out in 1975 is one of those horror movies that you have to stop and consider seriously because it really changed everything in horror this is one of those decidedly whether or not this movie blows you away personally when you look at the effect this had the tidal wave of an effect that the things that Argento was doing in this movie it changed freaking everything. It and, did? Oh, my God. Yeah. He invented so much stuff with this film nobody had done. And first film with Goblin. First film Goblin had done a soundtrack. So Goblin, oh, is, Goblin is a rock band, Argento, if you don't know, and you fucking Prog should. rock band. Uh, yeah, prog rock band, and Goblin starts to score his shit, and... Amazing. They are definitely his secret weapon. They are an amazing. They are an amazing addition I mean, to his. The only reason why I'm like this isn't one of the greatest scores of all time is because Goblin score for Suspiria is better. Is the jam, but this is still Tenebrae's good too. This, and Tenebrae is really yeah. good too. But this is like I, I this see, is right I up there. It's my favorite. And once again, this is one where the soundtrack sold so many copies. They were like actually playing live shows, just doing the soundtrack to this thing because people were That's like, amazing. "Wow, this was a gigantic hit, bringing." Uh, David Hemmings, who was actually a very well-known actor at this He is point. the lead in Blowout. Yes, he is. Yeah, Antonioni's. Uh, Another big-time um, Italian connection. Uh, who, who had done a lot of... He's a British actor, but he had done a lot of films all over the world. And, and then America. later directed episodes of uh, TV, such as The A-Team. Well, he started yes. the Hemdale no Corporation, shit. which is him. He owns yeah. it, So, which is a, was a big production company. So, he was uh, Hemdale? Yeah. They made Platoon. Wow. I believe Damn. that is correct. But uh, once again, an artist who is a pianist, 
Uh, a musician. He's a penis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's a chess. He doesn't get his own voice. Pianist. <laughs> it's uh, set in Rome. We start with an appearance by a, a well-known uh, actress, uh, Macha Meriel, who plays a psychic medium, which has a, a scene we'll see multiple times in Argento's career with her having a psychic experience. The killer is here. There's a killer here. And in a big theater. It is a theater. fucking awesome opening. Oh, yeah. And you're like, right off the bat. That's not even the opening, though. Yeah, That's you're right. after the opening. Yeah. Uh, right off the, yeah, because you see a little bit of like with the, the, the late motif of this film, which is this children's, creepy children's song that's yeah. playing with sort of shadows of someone being stabbed. It, this was uh, to me the um, very first start of Argento really showing up with strong intros. This is Argento going from a guy who is kind of like defining the rules of what Giallo is to defining the rules to what Dario Argento is. Yeah, okay. Of switching yeah, to that next yeah, level. Um, and right off the bat, you see the second, you're like, oh, you're going to die. <laughs> you said, I know who the killer is. You're going to die. Uh, David Hemmings, who's the main character, is a musician. She see, he sees, and I, it, is this the first or second time a uh, person dies through a glass window? Breaks this is the first oh, time, I know. I no, 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 no. This has, has to be all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was no. literally thinking the same thing. <laughs> That's, That's, movie That's like every Argento movie. Somebody's going to get He's killed. He's got a big no, thing no. of people breaking. Either they die on a glass window or they break through as they die. He's really There's into that. But he goes and he sees he's in like a mysteriously empty room. And he looks up and, and sees her being killed and breaking through the window. And he runs up to try and help her, but it's too late. She's already bled to death. Uh, and there's a, a thing that kind of becomes a theme in his movies from here on out where <clears throat> you do see the killer early on, but only if you're watching with an eagle eye. And there's a shot in here. If or you're if looking, you can rewind it. As he's, <laughs> or yeah, watching it in HD. As, as he's walking through her creepy ass apartment, which Jesus Christ, lady, she's got the creepiest. That's something I ever. realized was even in like, Normal people's apartments, they have crazy shit in yeah. Dario Argento movies. Yeah. It's like, it's like he, the least comfortable place you could yeah, live. exactly. So there's a shot where you're like, because all the pictures in, our, in this hallway are all like ghoulish faces. And you can see how you wouldn't, I didn't notice it the first time I ever saw this, that there's one of those as he's walking quickly down the hallway as a mirror where you can see the killer. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a major part of the plot. Well, I know that he says that, but I didn't know. No, you can see it. it. Yeah, Yeah, it's rewound it and played it frame at a time. It's about six frames, and you see the lady's face. You totally can see it. Spoiler! Again, and playing on the idea because uh, Hemmings was in Blow Up, which is exactly, that's what it is, where he's a photographer, and he thinks he may have photographed a murder, and he keeps blowing up the the picture to see if he did see it. Anyway, he gets deeply in, like, okay, I gotta figure this out. Uh, Except with the great with the, with the kooky reporter. Yeah, uh, uh, played by... Gianna. Uh, what's her name? Um, Daria uh, Nicolodi? Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the, Wall. Daria yeah. Nicolodi, who became, like, his muse. That's, I mean, in she's fact, in I'm just, all of the movies. I'm just going to say, from I watched two documentaries where we did this cast, and everybody said, including Argento, I never would have made Suspiria if it wasn't for my love for that woman. That movie is half uh, her. Well, they were like, fucking... Well, so. she's the one who came up with half the story. Well, and she yeah. is Asia... Aja Argento's mom, and yeah. uh, uh, she's in a bunch, but she's a prominent, she's the, like, supporting role in this movie. If there was anyone you would call, like, his muse, his most, his actor he went back yes. to the most times, it's definitely her. And this was her first appearance. This is where they met, was her and, being and, in this movie. And the fact that this film and, and uh, Suspiria are 
probably two of his greatest, like, inarguable movies. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you kind of have to credit to her influence to some extent. And it's interesting. You can tell watching this movie. I, uh, a thing I kept seeing people come back to, it's like, you can track their relationship by what her role is in the movies. Because <laughs> in this one, he's totally in love with her. And she is like, he's like, he, like this is the thing where he's just fascinated with her. And she is like this awesome, bigger than life personality who's so much cooler than the protagonist is. Where like, at one point he's like, he's being all macho. And she's like, all right, all I'm wrestling you. Beats the shit. Like, easily takes him. And he's like, well, that's not fair. Yeah. Like, and she just repeatedly kind of like, not belittles him, but like he belittles himself and she just kind of smirks. And then he puts uh, her in a chimp suit in Phenomenon. <laughs> just does. kidding. She had not in a chimp suit, uh, but there was a chimp. So, <laughs> what do we, so Chris, but, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, it's funny. Like, I've seen this film four times. The first time I saw it, it was actually, I saw this before Suspiria. I didn't know anything about Argento. I was like, well, that was cool. I don't know anything about it. But that was pretty good. Saw it again after that and went, wow, it was amazing. Saw it not that long ago, about two years ago and went, well, it's kind of dull. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood for it, but I just rewatched it and I'm like, I don't know why I thought that this was dull. I think this is kind of a masterpiece. It's got so many things going on. I love that they, something that was, and by the way, there's like eight different cuts of this movie out there. Make oh, sure you get the right one because some of them are terrible. There's some bad cuts of this movie out there, but uh, one of the things that was cut out of the original American release, which is one of the versions out there, is the whole subplot with this house that's a haunted house that ties into like where all this came from. Why does he keep hearing every time there's a killer killing? People would remark on hearing this children's music playing. What does that have to do with anything? And somehow he puts these pieces together to this book that leads him to this house that everybody says is haunted that is a great fucking sequence. It's got so much cool shit going on it and I just want I wanted to see more stuff about that house. Uh also that house looks like maybe there's a fourth mother we don't know about who lived there because oh, yeah. it's totally got that same design thing from Suspiria and Inferno and the Three Mothers, you know, where like all the all the the the, the lattice work has that weird sort of curliness to it. But um I, I, I think this is a beautiful film. There's so many great shots in this that are just like, <gasps> the score is top notch beyond belief. There's great chemistry between the leads, uh, Daria and Nicole. You see why he wanted to keep working with her in this thing. Um, it's just, it's just fun. Maybe it is a little longer than it needs to be, at least in this pure version, this original version that we watched, the 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 whole Italian cut. This is the last film he did in Italian as opposed to uh uh you know, where dubbed in English was the primary version mm -hmm. of it. But it's very entertaining. There's I don't know, there's no end of stuff to remark upon in here and say, God damn, that was cool. God damn, that was cool. Holy shit, did you see that? So I'm gonna let you guys Continue on with your uh, uh, the patience, those points you can call. How'd it work for you? Unless patients hated it. So this no was way. absolutely one hundred percent my favorite Dario Argento film. Wow, hands down, <laughs> I absolutely loved this film. Now, first of all, I mentioned earlier that it takes him a while to get to you know where you want to be, and at sometimes you can become impatient. But in this film, it fucking pays off. This is by far, I think, and I know that a lot of people say that Suspiria is his goriest film. I think this is his goriest film. Like, I, and I'm a gore queen. Everyone knows that I love the gore, and this delivered in so many ways. Like, 
I mean, it, it takes a while, and if you just have to, like, wait it out a little bit, but it, in the end, you're just like, holy shit, I can't believe he went there in some of these death scenes. Like, we're talking about Final Destination level <laughs> gore here. Like, before, I mean, this is had to be where Final Destination came from, because you're just like, really? Like, really? This is why you're going with this? It was so amazing to me. Um, I, uh, he, okay, we, this is where we definitely solidify that he's really into animal cruelty. Yeah. And I, and I'm actually very glad, cause I did read. What animal got killed in this one? Was it another bird? Um, there was some lizard issues. Yeah. Oh, actually there was a big deal. One of the reasons they cut stuff in American, uh, the American film, which wasn't even supposed to be in the Italian cut. There's a shot where there's a lizard has a pin through its head and literally. they really did put a pin through yeah, it they, to they make it like sort of like be freaking chills. out and everything. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, someone we need to talk about Olga first of all. Um, Olga was this little girl that helps the main character find out what's going on and what the main plot is. But at one point, I mean, we we did get to see the uncut original Italian version. Yeah, we saw the full. Uh, so I mean, at one point, Olga. This is later on in the movie, but she gets, like, slapped a shit out of her dad. And everyone's like, oh, you just slapped a little girl. But the little girl is a goddamn serial killer. And she likes to torture little animals. And they literally tortured little animals on, like, screen. Yeah, I, I didn't see that version. The tortured lizard version? Okay. It's only, you have to be, I, I mean, if you're not one. looking right at the screen, it's like a second. Yeah. Okay. It, it's on But screen. it's it's definitely like a weird shot in the film. But, it, I mean, Argento, I feel like this is his most, like, I don't want to say raw film, because it's very pretty, and it's very highly polished, and you definitely get that Argento feel, but this is definitely his most brutal film. Wow. I mean, At this I, point. I would say it's it's definitely, hands down, out of all of the ones I saw, definitely the goriest. It definitely was, I mean, there is this one death scene of the parapsychologist where I was like, like, I mean, it was like saw level. And There's we're, some and, nasty ass killings. And we're talking about 1975 here. You know, this wasn't, I mean, no one was prepared for this shit. I loved it. The gore was there. It was slow in between. And I'm not, I, I was literally like, oh my God, get over it. Like, why do we need 10 minutes of like you like staring at this dude? Like, I mean, <laughs> seriously, that's just the Argento way. But, when he delivered, he delivered beautifully. He delivered the best, I thought. I mean, I did like Suspiria, but this was definitely my favorite, without a doubt. I mean, the, just that sequence, like we said, going to that meme of the character spends the whole movie, what is it I saw I can't remember, which is seeing the killer in that opening sequence, yep. is so creepy, that sequence. Like, even even if you catch it, you're like, oh, it gives you the chills seeing it for a second. It's, mm -hmm. it's so well executed, that I whole scene. I also thought this had the best twist out of the first three films. Did you guess who the killer was? Um, yeah. Wow. Only because you saw the... I saw her well, in the mirror. the mirror. Really? Yeah, when it was, and it is one of those ones where you're like, okay, well, it, there's one killer, but it's part, but she's part of a team. And you're like, okay, well, that was an interesting... What was an interesting take was realizing you had the other guy who you're like, oh, that's the killer. Wasn't. He's just... 
you know, almost brain damaged in his slavish devotion to his mom and helping her cover up her crimes, and, uh, you know. And I also would like to take a quick moment to talk about how Dario was so forward in his portrayal of LBGTQ people. I mean, he, like... Uh, uh, he incorporates them in most of his movies. He does. Um, he, you know, celebrates, you know, them. Diversity, yeah. Yeah, really. absolutely, 100%. I, and I get how, like, a lot of the killers are women. I get that. But I love the fact that he just, you know, treats, like, homosexuality and, and, and transsexuality in, in another movie that we're going to talk about later uh, in just such a normal way. Like, it's not even a big deal. And they talk about that, and he's like breaking down barriers. Interestingly, in these movies. the character in this movie, who is the gay character, was actually a woman who's playing a transvestite. No kidding. Yeah, they put little facial hair on her, but it was a woman That's who played so the role. Uh, Geraldine Hopper played the role, or Hooper. Uh, sorry, Phil. Yeah, um, I like this movie. It's, I mean, it's not my favorite, but it's not. I mean, I, I do like it a lot. Um, to me, it's super convoluted and super complicated and really long. I'd agree with that. Um, I like moments of it. I feel like sometimes Argento throws the kitchen sink in, and this one had a lot of ideas. And you know, like, like they quote the Summers Brothers, "He's a guy of ideas." <laughs> he has a lot, he of, has ideas. lot of ideas. <laughs> we'll get to that. Well, yeah. um, but to me, I-, I love the intro where you get a hint of a flashback of a story, and you have no idea why it's important. But it's shot in such a way where you see this shadow play and this murder happen, and it's really cool. And then uh, he does a lot of great macro photography work, really for the first time in this one, where he's really getting in on like the little bitty details inside of a scene. Like uh, I mean, it just gets really cool stuff. Uh, like uh, he's got this marbles, and it goes to the switchblade. Really cool stuff. Um, I definitely cheated because when I was watching it. And he goes, there's something about the painting. I want to know what painting he saw. And I rewound it and I go, oh, wait, there's the killer. Yeah. So if you're watching it, just don't. Don't just, rewind yeah, it. Don't rewind it. Cause if you, you missed it, you missed you it. You missed it, yeah. I, 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 In terms of those shots, there's one shot in here that became one of those. Every time anybody talks about Argento anywhere, they use the clip from the film of the knife. Right. Like the camera yes. following so the great. knife up, and the camera and then rises up with the knife. Right down. Yeah, the camera's it's such mounted. a great shot. Yeah, the camera's mounted. I, I had that down, yeah. the knife cam. So badass, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like a snorkel cam on the knife. Exactly. Um, let me see. Yeah, and this kind of really marks, like, you know, 1975, where he starts to really, you know, come into his own, where he's got Suspiria, Infernal, and Tenebrae coming up after this. So you really kind of start to see this, you know, trajectory of where Argento's becoming a superstar director. And, uh, you know, it's cool. Um, he obviously loves, you know, bashing faces through glass. And, yeah. uh, lots of musicians <laughs> just a little bit. Again. And um, decapitations. Yeah. This is one of his better looking movies as far as just pure regular cinematography goes. Like, you go, what's a regular looking Argento movie? This is a regular, it feels like a movie. doesn't yeah. feel like you're watching, like, true. Very a really cinematic. colorful, yeah. like, I mean, this one and I feel like opera both feel like really cinematic. You recognize them as cinema. Yeah, cinema. Like, Whereas when you watch the other one, it's like, this is a really fancy play yeah. or an opera or something like that Argento's putting on, which is what Suspiria and other things do. This is just a really sexy looking movie. It's well shot. Um, and it's probably, in my opinion, one of his best acted movies. Like, with the actors, yeah, even though they're dubbed over, I'm digging it, and their lines aren't so bad it pulls me out of the movie. Where some of them, they are. And even in Suspiria. Not playing that broad, dopey comedy yeah. in the same way. Well, you, like, There's a little bit of that with the with the, fam- with the you know women's lib, and you you don't even know. That's a little dopey, but not <laughs> okay. in the way that, like, Four Flies is or something. Yeah, yeah. This, this, to me, 
and uh, uh, Bird with Crystal Plumage are his two best acted movies, I think, where, like, the actors are actually really fucking trying and know they're in a they're movie. They're the real deal. Yeah, whereas in other movies are just like, Argento, what's my motivation? Because goes, uh, you're a, a spaceman. Everything's <laughs> new to you. And action. He yeah. doesn't give a fuck. You're a prop. Yeah. You were a prop in his movie, and this one was not the case. The actors were acting. It's great. So uh, I liked it a lot. Just was, It was not my favorite because it was so long. And I agree. It definitely got super convoluted, but uh, definitely worth watching. It's one of his best. Yeah, he's on the verge of his best work at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah he, it's just it's, like... And I, yeah. I, and I agree. It's, I mean, it's long. And between those scenes, man, you're just like, holy shit, do I need to look at this marble for ten <laughs> fucking more minutes? Like... Or this, like, baby, or, I mean, this, yeah, the baby doll uh, Holy now, shit. Now every song that has a theme, we're going to do the I theme. just felt like the payoff was there. You I, I know agree, what I mean? yeah. Especially Russ. coming on the heels of, uh, of Four Flies on Velvet, which had, like, no Zero payoff. payoff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Deep Red is, I mean, obviously one of his best. Um, I mean, you can, I need to put that at the... The top of the sort of must-see Argento movies. Um, and I know we've talked about the Goblin score, which is fucking lit. It's amazing. So, yeah, it's so, it's so, it's, it's so amazing. And, and it's just, your pulse quickens, um, in, in a way. I mean, I, the only other thing I compare it to is, is Carpenter's scores, um, which, which when they're firing on all cylinders, it's just, I don't know that you can completely extricate uh, Goblin from your love of Dario Argento. You they're, they're, they're so sort of infused together. Um, the the and I, I again yeah I think I'm with everybody. You really start to see him start to really he he's obviously coming into his own with this. Um, there's a there's a scene where uh, David Hemmings and and his friend are sort of working out. Um, something about the murder and, and, and the other thing. And they're in the street. And, I wrote that and, down. I wrote yeah, that down. And it just, it's an exposition scene. So always, always interesting how a director is going to try and figure out the, the exposition scene. Are they going to try and do it, you know, fast? Are going to cut through it? Are they going to have the characters do some sort of interesting business? There's this giant zoom out as, as they start to figure it out. And, and it's, it's just, it's an amazing, they, uh, they keep getting, they're, they're talking at a distance from each other and he films them at a distance as, as, as they move the, the kid, the, the, the scope of the shot gets wider and and follows them right and follows them. It's 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 really uh, that that was definitely a high point for me visually. Um, I I think uh, th- there's there's a sense with with Deep Red um, and and I, I have this problem with most of Argento's movies. You tend to remember sequences or shots or images, and and I, with Deep Red they're they're very indelible. There's in particular. Um, Hemmings figuring out the the false uh, wall with the with the picture and uh, and we're not even false wall, but like yeah, the the plaster that's yeah, over. Yeah, he starts drawing. to figure figure yeah. that out. that that to me, I never forgot that. And his frustration and as he as he slowly starts to peel away at it, it's it's such an amazing moment. Um, I'm trying to think there's anything. You know, I, I feel like maybe some of the success that this movie had when it came out also was due to like you know one of the first guys doing stories like this. Because you were just along for the ride. When I watched, I was thinking a lot when watching it. And when you get like the uh, the scream ending where there's more than one killer type thing going on, in my head is I'm like, but that dude was standing with you literally when you witnessed the killing, and we forgotten about that. But I, I, you know what's funny is but did you forget about that when you watched it? Well, you I mean, you know, next? this is my thing that I want to say about Argento and the two killers thing is he always fools me. 
I'm always like, well, I guess that's the end of the movie. No, and then there's another killer. And I'm like, oh my god, there is another killer, and you think I'd know by now, but I don't. Uh, the uh, I think there was something I else. Think you get sucked in, but I think like I think like his scripts are deceptively they work better than we give him credit for because See, there is a well, and, that, and that's something I wanted to say particularly about this movie is this movie um, and and you know Argento I think he's written almost all of his movies or has a co-writing credit on them. Um, he's he's a really great. I mean, he's obviously a great director, but he's a really great director when he, his script works. And Deep Red is a really good script, um, in, per- in particular contrast to Four Flies on Velvet. And, and, uh, I also wanted to say, um, in, in continuing, uh, his tradition of the black gloved killer, and I think that's the other thing I want to say about all, m- or most of these movies is, is obviously he has the killer that always kind of looks the same with the trench coat yeah. and the hat and the, and the black glove, the black gloves. He's, he's almost the, um, the sort of McGruff, the crime dog, or, or neighborhood watch version of a killer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like you saw the samurai and was like, that dude. That guy, that guy. That guy. That alone is the shit. But if, but if he had Everybody. black gloves, these gloves in particular are super sweet. Um, they have the little zippers. They have zippers. This is the zipper. I still mentioned Alan Delon cool reference into this thing. I was like, wow, that's good. High five. You know what, though? When I was watching it, I thought the ending had come because they'd cut the killer, and I was about to rewind to just have that Rosencrantz moment again, where it's like, did he run all the way up there and kill somebody, then run back? We're down to be like, whoa, that guy killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, he did. Which that's, we that's see that's in Tenebre, by the way. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so I, for some reason, this had always been a hole in my uh, Argento filmography. I just had always meant really? to watch it. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know how I, I think it always meant to, and I, I was really. No, just because it's you. Right, I know, me. and yeah. really, Chris, what, when I was giving you crap about Bird, you should yeah. have been like, "What the fuck, I did Deep know. Red?" Like, you had said I that, how I did you like, not see Deep Red? And I had. Actually, this one's the best one. Well, so so I was, I, I found it to be, I don't know, I don't know how to express it. Probably, I know we talked about with Bird, but this is his most Hitchcockian, with the sort of like. Um, Especially with Hemmings, he has this sort of Cary Grantish sort of this guy who's caught up in a murder and he's the wrong guy and you know that kind of thing. So I think it's it's almost more frothy fun than a lot of Argento movies. There's you know there's a playful interaction between him and uh, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, Asia's uh, Asia's mom. Uh, oh, uh, Daria Nicolodi. Yeah, um, which is really neato. And um, he has the funny thing where he has to get out of the little car. Yeah, she has the goofy car, and he always yeah. has to sit low. It's very charming and, and fun, and I almost wish they were together the whole movie. Yeah, it was weird that they were. Argento wouldn't allow it. It's almost like they... <laughs> I actually yeah, that. thought that the, um, what I read, that a lot of the scenes where they were romantic were cut out of the movie. I could I could see Argento being either A, uncomfortable, or B, being like, fuck well, this shit. Not on this movie. 100%. Not on this movie. I can't remember which one. One of the others, he actually yelled at the actor, that's my girlfriend! I can only imagine the Hollywood sign was, guy who's I making the splatter movie. Well, <laughs> Probably not the chillest dude on the movie set. Um, <laughs> Send the but, ravens after him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, they hold a grudge. <laughs> I relate to them. So, um, I also liked how this had the most ineffectual cops in the whole entire world. Like, Which who, is eats something who eats it's a sandwich bad. at a goddamn crime <laughs> Um, <laughs> what did you like cops now? For? What I actually about? did read a take on this. On, that was very intentional for him because the Italian police were 
famously corrupt oh, I can only in imagine. the In the land where the mafia was invented, the yeah. cops are a bunch oh of fuckheads. So, anyways, but um, uh, Hemmings is great. I would put him in the top two or three people who are in Argento. I'd probably Absolutely. say, like, I love Mustante and Bird. I loved him, and I love Jessica Harper and Suspiria. Yeah. Like, he's really great. He's a real deal actor, He and he plays things... He's very charming, but he he sells all the other stuff, too. And he's in, like, I think sometimes the actors look a little like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, this shit's crazy. But Hemmings is in, and he sells all the weirdness in a a very, you're very with him. In a way, you're not with the guy in Four Flies. You can imagine if Hemmings was in Four Flies, how much more effective Four Flies would be. I think it really gives him props on uh, what he's doing here in this movie. So, again, but I think it's a very Hitchcocky movie with the romance and the the wrong man and the the witness. Even the name is Hitchcocky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, the psychic stuff at the beginning, the psychic scene at the beginning was rad. Oh. It's a really... And, and, and a reoccurring theme, insects having telepathy and being able to communicate and do things comes up again a phenomenon. phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can see he's theme. working out a lot of shit. Um, I do think uh, uh, great visuals and locations, the whole movie is just sumptuous. Like, you just want to live in this movie. Everybody looks cool, doing cool shit. Um, there's an excellent, excellent, excellent sequence where he is composing at the piano and the killer shows up and he's, and you, he realizes the killer's there. It's really smart. It's beautifully executed and amazing Hitchcockian sequence. Do you know why that scene worked for me though? No. Cause it was one of the few scenes in our agenda movie when a character doesn't have to fucking, it's very soap opera Cry and scream. Well, no, 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 no. It's very soap opera where they have to over-explain things for, like, dubbed people, like, not dumb, dubbed. No, he smarts, He figures out what's going on fast. But, no, and, no. And, he start, and he doesn't have to say a word like, oh, no, there's a killer in the house. And I have to, like, yeah. he just keeps playing the piano. Oh, no. Yeah. But, you get, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Well, he's not even Italian. <laughs> he's British. Yeah, he's British. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, he's a killer in the house. He over-explain <laughs> things. And you get what's going on because right. you see a process in his mind, like... Yeah, that scene's great. Um, it's a really terrific sequence. And there's another sequence where he's composing as well I think is really cool. I like the musician stuff. Um, I did think uh, it drags in places. It's not boring, but I do think like the movie starts to feel like, what, why is this important? Yeah. They do go to like a library in this, and it's beautiful. I mean, again, just Argento just – he is really – I think Bird is a really slick looking movie, but this is starting to be like super cool. Like just the sequences are really inventive and and uh, and, and sort of more visually striking in a lot of ways. Um I, I I did want to point out this movie makes a really strong case that if you are going to kill people, don't wear jewelry. You know, it's a, it's a stupid fucking idea. It's stuck in elevators. It's just really, guys. You know, leave Was the there a fly on her necklace. Yeah, thing? exactly. Yeah, like, leave the jewelry no, at home. It's not going to go well for you. Although usually the it's the killers who end up like in trouble because of their jewelry. Well, right? No, that's who it is at the end. Yeah. She's wearing the necklace and yeah. it, it latches onto I mean, the, the, yeah. the roof it's of her head off. Hey, I don't think anyone's been decapitated yeah. in this movie. Like, yet. I love Take like she's the necklace. Like, this will go well for this I, event. Okay, seriously, the death scenes in this movie are on par. They with are some of the my favorite like gore porn this films. This was a pretty big success. One of the notable things about this film was him going to like setting the dial to eleven for the kill scenes at to a degree not even close to the previous. And no, this is the only one that I saw that had that de- like that level of like straight up like we're gonna yeah. go for the gore. And interestingly, like, he said. It. And I loved. Every he talked to talking it. about it. He said, "Like who identifies with a scene where somebody gets shot? 
right? I want to do kill scenes where people are like have some degree that they can identify with. Like yeah. a guy who gets taken out by bashing his head on furniture. I'm like, yeah. oh shit, everybody's Wait, hitting I their mean, head against he something. Or, a yeah. dude before American yeah. History X yeah. in this movie. Uh, yeah, this is and or, I, or like the, lo- I was like screaming. The, the, like, I was, was loving it. Despite it being the fourth time I watched it, I'm super creeped out by the scene with him boiling this woman alive <gasps> in a bathtub, which is so, so distressing good. and upsetting. It was one of my favorite parts of the And real quick, for y'all calling bullshit, I actually grew up in Europe. That water gets fucking hot. (laughs) (laughs) That water gets hot. I remember Phil's name dropping Europe now. I know Europe. I know know European (laughs) water. European water is hot, baby. Europe was in one of my movies. I was in Rome this summer. Does that fucking count? You know what? Take a shot. Germany was in the house. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kick-ass flick. It's really, if you're going to watch Argento, you got make sure this is in one of the five you watch. It's just oh, it's really great. Yeah, I would say top, wait, wait, wait. top three. Yeah, the woman died from a boiled face, but not before you could write. <laughs> but but that's was, a really great moment, actually, when they when the guy when the cop figures that out or whatever. So I, great. I, I know. Well, that's that a great payoff. Par- that was the paranormal investigator. Yeah. The only yeah. weird yeah. thing about it all is like I expect that to see in a British film. You like boiled meat. That's not oh, Italian. Praise <laughs> that shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? We jokes. have English and on that note, fucking do, listeners. Yo, they'll agree with me. Let, trust let me, me. Let me ask. Do we have enough time to do the next one? Or are we no, moving on to the next we're, episode? We're moving on to the next episode because okay. that is the. Unless anybody else says anything, they want to say deep red. It's well, we badass. That's all I'm going to say. So, right. We did only three. Amazing. We're going to do five. And this is one? this is the first film. Argento, where he says the supernatural is real. Okay, he touches on the supernatural in Cat of Nine Tales, but it's just a creepy feel. It's not like oh, it is real. Like there's a great like people having to open a grave in a mausoleum. Where are we and at? Pages, where are we at? One thirty. But this is the first film where he does oh, that, which pays off to uh, it's what'd you say? One thirty. Uh, no, I said hour, hour 30, 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Five, I was like, it's yeah. right. Everybody here knows it's the cliffhanger because we're going to get to the big one. The big in one. In the next we're gonna, episode. We're going to start our next episode with what is, you know, regardless how you, anyone personally feels about him is no question thought of as Argento's like leading, like the one you think of when you think of Argento. So scary. All right. So we'll wrap it up on this one then. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys for listening and we'll be back next week launching with Suspiria. And uh, keep screaming like a motherfucker. Keep screaming like a. Does it have to be like a motherfucker? No, no, it's it's definitely scream like like a four flies on velvet. (laughs) 